Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Friday. I'm James Erpine on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Tune in. Tune in is a, uh, a website app that you can get it as well. Also on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. LockedOnBengals.com is the place to be. There's a ton. Solomon Tetman's prospect spotlights out right now. He's looking at linebackers, so check that out. There are some linebackers that he's pretty high on, and uh, the Bengals certainly, certainly, certainly could consider them in the first round of the draft, so check those out. LockedOnBengals.com. Also, my guy Mike Martis looking at something that Alex Van Pelt, Bengals quarterbacks coach, you heard it yesterday on the podcast. He discussed it a little bit more. How do you get Andy Dalton to his 2015 form where he was playing at an elite level? Or he's playing at a MVP contending type level. Mike tries to figure that out. Check it out, LockedOnBengals.com. I want to start with another quarterback. I want to start with the replacement for A.J. McCarron. You're going to hear A.J. McCarron on today's podcast coming up in about six minutes or so. But first, I want to start with who they're going to replace him with. Is it Jeff Driscoll? Is it a draft pick? Is it a free agent? And I get it. Anytime I say on this podcast, well, the Bengals should consider a quarterback in round one. Most of you, now some are on board, but most of you probably say, oh, James, why would they do that when they need help elsewhere? On the line, they need help here, there, otherwise. Look at the Bengals' track record of playing first-round picks. Like, really playing them. From Dre to Darquez, even Tyler Eifert was a, had a secondary role, even though he played and it had a decent role in 13. They never really play their first-round picks a ton. So to me, one thing I would consider is, yeah, would the backup quarterback play if you picked him with the 12th pick? No. But what's the way to impact the team the most? to change the team, to upgrade the team. You can say offensive line all you want, but it's quarterback. It is. And they can still upgrade, upgrade the Bengals line. They can still upgrade any weakness, the linebackers, all of that, and still consider a quarterback in the first round. That's all I'm saying. Consider it. What's the harm? You really think that that tackle that you draft with the 12th pick that Marvin Lewis is going to throw him out there and he's going to play in all 16 games and have a huge impact? I mean, maybe, but how much do we love Carl Lawson? How much do we love Joe Mixon? William Jackson? The list goes on and on of Bengals rookies that woulda, coulda, shoulda had a bigger impact as rookies. People think, oh yeah, William Jackson was injured all season. He was out all year. That's why his, his situation is different than John Ross's. Except Marvin Lewis said, no, William, we're not bringing him back off of injured reserve. We're going to leave you on injured reserve for your entire rookie year. That's what they did. And they brought back Cedric Pierman, a mid-level running back who's a special teamer. Because, yeah, that helps. When they clearly weren't making the playoffs, by the way. Last year, there were times I came on this podcast, Carl Lawson, 30% of the snaps, 19 total snaps, not playing a lot. And I get it. There are some circumstances that can lead to that. Maybe they're 
facing a, a run-first team. They only wanted to put Carl Lawson in on, on third and longs. Whatever. Point is, they could get it right with the 12th pick. Doesn't mean that rookie's going to have a huge impact. <laughs> it, when's the last time the Bengals got a rookie? And they were, like, I was all aboard the Joe Mixon train. Jeremy Hill took the first carry. All aboard the Joe Mixon train. It took them pretty much three, four weeks for them to unleash Joe. Three, four more weeks to figure that figure out how to kind of use Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon. And then they still haven't figured out how to use them at the same time or alternate them in a way where both can be effective consistently. And part of that, sure, is on the offensive line. No doubt the Bengals need to get and rebuild the offensive line. But if you're ruling out drafting a quarterback because you need that player to have an impact, look at the coach. How many times does the coach let a first-round pick have an impact? I'll wait for you because it's been a while. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Also, real quick, Locked on Reds made its debut. It's on iTunes. LockedOnReds.com out as well. Please, please, please. Because obviously this podcast, we're like 320 episodes into this thing. Audience much, much bigger than Locked on Reds. If you're a Reds fan, check it out. It's on iTunes. You can subscribe on Megaphone, iTunes. It'll be on some other platforms as we get going. Uh, you can also bookmark Locked on Reds. Every single podcast goes up there. It's a daily podcast to keep track of your Cincinnati Reds. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, we were in the top 100 podcasts on iTunes this week. So thank you so much. Seriously, thank you so much for listening. It was, uh, it was the sports category, but thank you for doing that. It's, it's helped a lot. I want Locked on Reds to be right there as well. And uh, it's it's a big thanks to you. So stay tuned for uh, A.J. McCarron. McCarron up next on his offseason, what he's going to do, what he's going to look for in free agency, on what it was like playing by, behind Andy Dalton for four years and more as the Locked On Bengals podcast rolls on. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. And as I mentioned, A.J. McCarron, he was, uh, he was on the Adam Schefter podcast. Adam Schefter has a podcast, which really good stuff. Interviewed A.J. McCarron. Here's A.J. on what he's going to look for in free agency. And whether it's winning, whether it's money, et cetera. Here's A.J. on what he's going to look for in free agency. I think just, you know, a chance to compete. Um, that's all I ever wanted. You know, coming into Cincinnati, uh, A.D. had been there for, you know, five years or so. Um and I knew I wasn't going to, you know, it wasn't going to be an open competition. And, uh, and AD's unbelievable quarterback taught me so much, um, you know, in my four years there. And, uh, but I, I, I'm just looking for a chance to compete. That's all I want. Um, I just want to be the guy for an organization and be able to show them what I can do and, uh, and how I can lead a team and rally the guys behind me. And, um, you know, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm ready for that opportunity something aj mccarron should have gotten that opportunity here in cincinnati can you imagine what's going to happen how many people are going to lose their minds if aj mccarron goes on and like leads the browns to eight wins or leads the jets to the playoffs or who knows who knows what it could be but something like that it'd be insane but i do think he's going to get his chance to compete i also think it's interesting to to think about who he ends up with arizona maybe Denver, I, I could see any of them. Arizona, Denver, Minnesota, because who knows what happens. I could totally see Minnesota losing out on Case Keenum 
maybe they're not completely sold on Teddy Bridgewater or don't want to pay Teddy Bridgewater what another team will pay him. And then they look at it and they say, uh, we're going to draft the quarterback in round two and pick A.J. McCarron to start for us this year while we develop that quarterback. I could totally see Minnesota doing that. I could see Arizona doing that. The Browns, I don't think he'll start long for the Browns if they pick him. If they sign him, I think they're going to pick a quarterback at the first pick or the fourth pick. And then that guy's going to be in there, barring something unforeseen, I think, midway through the year. So it'll be really, really interesting to see where A.J. McCarron gets his shot because he said how much he wants to compete, and I think that whether or not he gets his uh, a fair chance, you're not going to get to compete against Sam Darnold. You might beat him out to start week one, but eventually Sam Darnold's going to be the guy. And so that's that would be the reality to me. If uh, in, in any of those guys, Josh Rosen, et cetera, if, if Cleveland picks a quarterback with the first or fourth pick. Uh, more from A.J. McCarron. Here's A.J. on what he would tell a team that is interested in him in free agency on what they're getting if they decided to sign a guy like A.J. Um, well, I think you just hopefully, you know, ask maybe my teammates or the coaches I've dealt with, um, what type of guy I am for the locker room. I felt like in Cincinnati I always handled everything the best way possible. And uh, But also I think when you break down, you know, the games I started, um, you know, San Fran was my first start that year at San Fran. They hadn't allowed uh, anybody over 21 points while playing at home. They They actually had a pretty good defense that year. Their offense was struggling, but – um, and when we had 21 in the first half, I believe, uh, then turn around the next game and start uh, Monday night football versus, you know, the Denver Broncos and them having the number one defense in every category possible. Um, and we were just so close to winning that game. And, uh, you know, I, I thought I played well, definitely could have played better. But uh, and then you turn around to the Baltimore, I, I thought I played well after uh, you know, slow start in the first quarter and then playoff game, just kind of battling through the whole outcome. You know, that was my first rain game ever. So <laughs> it took me a while to kind of get used to it and, and figure out what I wanted, if I wanted a glove or not. So I, I think it was just, you know, I, I think when you watch those games, you, you see that I, I just have a never give up attitude. And I, I always try to find, you know, a, a way to win. That's what I've, always done and uh, and hopefully they see that and uh and like it and you know just give me a chance he just wants a chance and that shows also how confident aj is in the fact that he knew he had zero chance to start here <laughs> how not, i mean because he came out remember mid-season when he came out and said this he's our quarterback and i wish people would because it, it it sucks to see for me personally because my relationship with him like people booing him and it's like do you think he he wants to have tip balls that turn into interceptions like has he worked his whole life for that has he worked all week for that like no like he's he's a normal human just I mean, imagine going to your job every day here and players standing right here when you ask a question they didn't like they just booed you the whole time but it'd be it's a weird process right I mean, McCarron comes out and defends Andy Dalton more so than anyone else did in that locker room. That's a, He knew. He knew he wasn't getting his opportunity, and he also thought it was stupid that Andy was getting the criticism he was getting, which some of it was from me. 
<laughs> the thing I'm going to miss most about AJ is, man, he tells it like it is. I love, like, you've heard good and bad interviews on this podcast with players. Partially my fault. Other players don't say anything, and they don't have to, and I understand that. McCarron tells it like it is, man. He tells it like it is. He'll talk about UFC with you. He'll talk different sports. And it's just, it, it stinks because now he's going to go elsewhere. And I don't know if he's going to star. I don't really think he's a star. I've told you this. I think Andy's probably a little better than McCarron. McCarron, if in the right situation with the right coaches, right um, staff around him, players around him, I think he could end up being about as good as Andy Dalton. But overall, McCarron's probably a tad bit less of a quarterback than Andy Dalton. And, and Joe Goodberry said it on the podcast Monday. But to me, I, I just, I'm going to miss A.J. McCarron because I can't interview him. <laughs> I know that's selfish, but I can't have him. And that's the thing is you're going to miss hearing that honesty, I think, as a fan. Hearing that that straight up, yeah, Andy's our guy, so shut up about it. Before I boo you, as, as AJ put it, obviously I'm paraphrasing. One more from AJ McCarron. Here's McCarron, and again, he was on Adam Schefter's podcast. This is AJ on what it was like playing behind Andy Dalton for the past four years. I think it's. You know, a blessing in disguise, really, um, and truly, just because coming from Bama and, and being the guy for so long um, and then falling in the draft the way I, I, I did. So I, I think my wife said it best. You know, it it, it, it humbled me. It, um, it taught me patience more than uh, I, I could ever imagine. So, um, you know, but it's always tough as a competitor uh, to sit there and, and – you know, see how things are going or whatever the case is and wanting your opportunity to play. But uh, I, I think the biggest thing is just be ready and when that time comes, um, make the most of it. And that's what I tried to do in, in 15 when I got that opportunity. And, uh, you know, we were just so close to getting um, sent to their, their first playoff win in a, in a while. But, um yeah, I, I I think it's just it it taught me a great deal of patience and uh, and and how blessed I am and we are in the league to to be able to play a game for a living. Good for AJ. Look, good for AJ. You pay your dues, you get your shot. He's getting his shot. Will it work out? I don't know, but he's going to get his pick to a certain extent. He's going to get an idea of who's interested in him and then decide where he wants to go. And good for him. Think about it. That's something Andy Dalton might not ever get to do. Maybe he does at some point. But uh, A.J. McCarron getting that. Good stuff for A.J. I'm happy for him. We'll track where he's going at uh, LockedOnBengals.com. Also, real quick, wouldn't be shocked today if they announced the compensatory picks. Bengals projected to get a third, a fifth, and two seventh, two seventh round picks in the 2018 draft. The third would be for Zeitler, the fifth for Whitworth because of how long he's been with the team. They only can get a fifth for Whitworth. That sucks, huh? And then two seventh rounders, one for Rex Burkhead. I'm trying to think about the other free agent. Uh, can't think of it. But you know what? I don't want a compensatory pick for A.J. McCarron. I don't even want one. Because I want this time next year to be talking about how the Bengals were so active in free agency when the league year started that they don't qualify in the formula to get a competent, uh, compensatory pick for A.J. McCarron. That's what I want to have the discussion about. The odds of that happening, probably not likely, but I would love to have that happen. I would love to eat my words about Andrew Norwell yesterday coming to the Bengals. I would love that to happen. 
and I hope it does. Thank you so much for listening. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Make sure you check out LockedOnBengals.com. We'll have some stuff posted there over the weekend. Every podcast posted there, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, etc. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for listening. We do this every single weekday. Get your Bengals fix. Get your Reds fix with me, at James Erpine on Twitter, at LockedOnBengals, at LockedOnReds. This has been a fun week. I'm excited. I get to talk about both. I love that the football offseason. It doesn't feel like baseball season weather here. I'm talking about baseball as well. It's a lot of fun. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great weekend. I'll be back at it with a podcast on Monday. Until then, I'm James Erpine. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Bengals Podcast.